Welcome to the Daring Living Podcast, where we have honest conversations about personal growth, how to create success, and what it means to live a joyful and daring life. I'm your host, Certified Life Coach Shirley Huang. Hello, everybody. I am very happy today, and I am I have the honor today of inviting on a very special guest. And she is Cheryl Lau. I've actually known her for a couple of years now. And she's actually my first business coach, <laughs> like a very long time ago. So we go way back. And so Cheryl, she is a coach for side hustlers. She is a Canadian right now, currently based in Singapore. And she has side hustle for three years before becoming a full-time coach. She specializes in helping entrepreneurs become known for their unique thought leadership, building a body of work that showcases that thought leadership creates demands for their offers, as well as ultimately doing work that they're very proud of as content creators and entrepreneurs. And so I feel a lot of you can really benefit from the topic that we are going to talk about today, which is everything about thought leadership and how to really present yourself in the space of, it could be a digital space online or in your physical space, how do you show up as that? And I think Cheryl is like the perfect person to really dive deep into this topic. So Cheryl, welcome onto the Daring Living podcast. Besides the introduction that I just mentioned, is there anything else that you want to say to your listeners? Yeah, first of all, thank you for a lovely introduction. The only other thing that I might add to the introduction is I'm also quite known for my journey to becoming an entrepreneur, which involved quitting two pretty prestigious, traditionally prestigious career paths, including quitting law school and also quitting my PhD recently to go full-time in my business. So that might be something interesting for the audience to think, to know about me. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think it's great, really great to know your background and where you're coming from and see that a lot of us, we actually come from very similar backgrounds <laughs> with how we first started off from like a nine to five job. And then we, later on, we dive into this online digital world, which I think you can really speak to about, because I feel like right now as everything is becoming digital and everything is becoming online, more and more people are thinking about really using their social media platform or using certain platforms and certain things in their space to be able to voice out your thoughts, talk about your story, share their brand. And I know that is something that you are really expert in. So what does that look like for you in your own words? What does it look like for you to really become a thought leader online? Okay, so I actually pulled up the definition of thought leader from Cambridge Dictionary, the Cambridge Dictionary website. So I'm just going to read it out loud really quickly and then I'll unpack my thoughts on that. Okay, so according to the Cambridge Dictionary website, a thought leader is a quote-unquote expert on a particular subject whose ideas and opinions influence other people, especially in business. And then the example they gave was, our thought leaders have been selected based on their reputation for providing unique insights on issues related to the advertising profession. When it comes to this definition, I think that the word expert 
is what really trips people up the most and throws people off because I think a lot of people don't see themselves as experts, even if they may have extensive experience in their respective industry or field. And I think it makes sense because I think for a lot of us in our lives, we've been taught or led to view an expert as someone who traditionally has a lot of credentials, accomplishments, and are really well known. And so I think that's why when people think of the word thought leader, they think of, and when they think of expert, it's natural to feel like they cannot identify as a thought leader or an expert. So I want to offer my interpretation or another angle to the word thought leader. I would argue that a thought leader is someone who leads with their thoughts. And more specifically, I will argue that a thought leader is someone who leads with their thoughts, irrespective of how much external, no, irrespective of how much or how little external validation they're getting. So perhaps in the context of the online coaching space or online entrepreneurship space, I see that a thought leader is someone who is really committed to sharing their thoughts, even if it's like dead silence from their audience, because what they're talking about matters to them. And they continue to show up and talk about the things that they care about no matter what. So that's my interpretation of a thought leader. And so following up on that, what I can think of, some of the things that my listeners will be thinking about would be like, okay, I know that, okay, it is important for me to lead, my, lead with my thoughts. So what if I don't trust my thoughts? What if I don't know if my thoughts are the right thoughts or not? What if it's almost like doubting whatever is in my head? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think another layer to thought leadership that leads people to doubt their own thoughts and whether their thoughts have value is that they feel like their ideas, their thoughts, their story, their perspectives just aren't unique enough. They're not big enough. They're not deep enough. They're not original enough. And I think a lot of this probably stems from a lot of us who were in the traditional school system. We're like, the first kid who raises their hand gets the right answer and you get all the recognition for it. So there's that piece of you have to be the first one to get it right and another layer to that I think is also during especially during high school for many of us back in the day we have to submit our essays to whether it's like turnitin.com or like other plagiarism checker websites to make sure that like you're using your own original ideas and original writing and I think also for me when I grew up and when I was in the research when I was in academia when I noticed that the first researchers to get their work published gets all the credit. So that's why I think for me and probably for a lot of listeners right now, they feel like they have to be like the best or the first or the most original in order to get the recognition or to be at least right or good enough. And I think whenever this might be coming up for you, I think it's really important to think about is originality really required to be of value. To what extent does your ideas need to be like groundbreaking and revolutionary in order to be valuable to someone? And I think, and when I really thought about creating content for my own personal brand and online business, I think that how I was able to really grapple with this was realizing that my thoughts have helped me in some way. Because especially if I want to share them, then they might, then they must have some sort of value or meaning to me. And if it's helped me in some way, 
more likely than not, it can help someone else. So I think that's the first thing, which is, can you let yourself just share your ideas and thoughts just with the intention of helping someone else first? That could be the first step. Right now, we don't have to aim to be like a thought leader. We don't have to aim to be like super or unique or original right now. What if right now the first step is just to get your ideas out there and help someone? And then bit by bit, piece by piece, the more you put out, the more you start to develop your own voice, the more you really start to build a body of work that really embodies and showcases what your thought leadership is. But especially for those who are just starting out and are new to this concept of thought leadership, just get your ideas out there first with the intention of, hey, it could help someone and then build a body of work over time to really create something that helps you become become known for what you want to be known for. Yes. And I also want to offer another perspective for that as well is since I'm a life coach is also to really think about like where you're coming from of the ideas of this need of, I guess it's like the doubt of whether whatever I said is right or wrong. It has to be right. I'm saying the wrong things. My voice doesn't matter. Really think about where that comes from outside of your business. Because sometimes it can stem from your childhood experiences. It could be because of your interaction with your family or maybe growing up, you've been so oppressed by the education system, by your teachers, that you feel like you don't have a voice, that you feel like you're often in the wrong, right? Those are also things that can, like, it's not about business, but really those are like, once you figure out the root of where those values are coming from and why you are thinking that way and where those beliefs are really stemming from and really tackle those, you will feel a lot easier to practice what Cheryl just talked about, which is to be able to trust yourself more with your thoughts and to be able to present yourself and practice sharing your thoughts online more because truly deep down, you do believe that your voice matters and that you do have a say like in the online world and have a say in at the table yeah I really love that you mentioned that and I think for a lot of us just to bounce off of what you just said I think a lot of us we grew up in the era where the internet was just becoming a big thing and I think especially I think YouTube was started and I think YouTube was started before 2008 but that's when I really first became aware of YouTube I think for a lot of us especially those of us who are millennials, we grew up in an era where there were like the OG YouTubers. And I think for a lot of us, we secretly wanted to do that too. And I think, and then like now it's been years and years since YouTube became a thing. And we're like, darn, I wish I had started a long time ago. And I think for a lot of us, we see all these people online just sharing things that they care about like the OG beauty makeup YouTubers that I I followed all they did was talk about makeup and like they were building a body of work and I think it's really so I think to your point about like we have a lot of internalized stories and internalized beliefs that that tell us like we should be thinking this way or we shouldn't be thinking this way. I think for a lot of us who grew up in the era of like YouTube becoming a thing we were told that oh like YouTube becoming a content creator content creator wasn't really a thing yet back then but like you have to be in a traditional career path and that creating content sharing your ideas online being a thought leader isn't a traditional a traditionally prestigious career path so I think there's that layer as well to that which is people say that sharing your thoughts online is not legit or it's not credible it's not a traditionally credible way of getting your thoughts out there it's not knowledge dissemination in academic terms yeah 
And now so many people are making money on as a content creator and the people are just seeing it as like, it is a legit job and you actually can make lots of money out of it. Yeah. All, I feel like nowadays, all of your favorite, like all of our favorite political leaders, authors, academics, like all the traditionally prestigious people, the ones who really have the most impact if they're in a traditional career path, they have an online presence and they are leveraging the internet to build a body of work and becoming known for their thought leadership even further. So I think there is a lot of relevance to all of us to leverage this tool of the internet to learn our body of work and thought leadership as well. Yeah, it's almost like you can use it if you want. This tool is here and these platforms are here for you to practice speaking your thoughts and practice building confidence. You also don't have to, but just the fact that it's so much more prevalent and so much more important nowadays. Yeah, I guess like it also adds on to the other question I wanted to ask you, like why is thought leadership important and why some people can be like, oh, I can just be doing my own thing. So why do I want to think about this term and think about how to practice it? Okay, I think I'll answer this in two ways. I think the first way is more general for someone who isn't starting an online business. And then I'll answer it from the perspective of someone who is building an online business. So I think why it is important is I think, as you mentioned earlier, it's not required to build your thought leadership and share your ideas online. But I think for those who are currently listening to this interview and they are like feeling drawn towards it, then something in you I'm going to venture to say there's something in you that wants to be known for something. So I think, but for those of you who are listening and you're like, yeah, okay, cool. This probably isn't as relevant or applicable to you. But for those of you who are listening and you're like, actually, I think I do want to create something and build something online and be known for something. Then I think that's a sign that there is that inner desire where you really want to be known for something. But perhaps you're like, oh, but I'm not like top 1% of the world. So like, it's not worth trying to build something. But I just want to offer the perspective of if you're listening to this and you, you have the inner desire to build something and build your thought leadership and share and create and be known for something, you don't have to be the top 1%. I think that's something I've been thinking a lot about, which is like a concept of average high achiever. I think for a lot of us, we identify as someone who has relentless work ethic. We know how to work hard. We might have excelled in traditional school systems or work systems, but we, and we would even say that we are a high achiever perhaps, but we don't feel like we're like that good at high achieving. And I think that's where I, that's the bucket I fell into or identified as. And for a while I was like, and that was what kept me from even starting to create anything online for many years. And it wasn't until I started observing the content on the internet that has helped me. And I remember the first, one of the first pieces of content that really compelled me to show up online was another online entrepreneur who was just sharing her journey and her thought process behind leaving her previous corporate job, which no longer felt aligned. It created a lot of stress and it, it just wasn't the situation that she wanted to be in. And it, I listened to that piece of content, that YouTube video at a time where I was going through a transition myself. And essentially in a nutshell, I heard that piece of content at the right place in the right time in my own journey. And it was just this person sharing her story. It wasn't like academic research or like some groundbreaking 
innovative idea. It was just her sharing her honest truth, her truthful story. And I think that's when I first realized, oh, even my own story might have relevance to mm-hmm. someone. Even my perspectives on some mundane issues might be helpful to someone because I saw how deeply impacted I was in my own journey when I consumed that piece of content at that particular point in time. So I think for anyone listening to this and you you have that inkling inside that you want to start creating, just know that right now the goal isn't to be like innovative or unique or groundbreaking. What if the goal is just to practice sharing and practice helping someone by sharing your idea? So I think that's the first way I would answer the question in a more general sense. But in terms of like why is thought leadership important to those who might be building a online business, let's say, because that's what I'm personally doing. I think that before I really started thinking about the concept of thought leadership, I noticed that people would come to my sales calls and if they wanted to potentially work with me, they would come to my call and we would have the sales call. And then at the end, they would say, oh, thank you so much. But I still have more sales calls with other coaches that I'm in, I'm talking with. And I started getting that a lot at the very beginning of my journey. And I was wondering, why is it that everyone is coming to my sales calls, but they're still interviewing like five other people. And that's when I realized, oh, perhaps it's because I'm not really known for anything. And people see me as just another coach or service provider online. And that's when I really started to think about like, how can I really become known for something? How can I really differentiate myself? And that's when I really started to apply the concept of thought leadership and thinking about how can I be known for my own thoughts? And when people come to my sales calls, it's because they really resonate so much with my thoughts that they know that I'm the right coach for them, but they might just have a few other questions that they want to clarify. So that was my thought process. And over time, as I continue to put out pieces of content that reflects my thought leadership, that objection no longer comes up anymore. So I think that's a more practical way how thought leadership has helped my business. It's almost like learning how to use your voice, but lo- learning how to use your voice in a very strategic way that makes you stand out from the crowd, even though it doesn't have to be original, but it's like the things that you keep on talking about, the ideas and the values that you stand for, like people hear it, people know it, and people know that, oh, this is what you're all about. Yeah, exactly. And Honestly, like at the end of the day, having like being able to share your thoughts, what if instead of thinking it as like something to add so much pressure into and to be so stressed about, okay, this is what I have to think about. I have to start building a thought leader, being a thought leader and practicing my thought leadership. What if it's simply the idea of just practicing using your voice? I remember when I first started out in my business, I was feeling shy really like embarrassed about some of the things I say and honestly just being able to talk more online and just sharing and using the power of my voice that has not only helped me in my business but also helped me in my personal life as well I feel like right now in my own personal life the things that I say there's more power and there's more energy to it because I've been using this muscle in my business as well just practicing sharing my voice So if you're listening to this, you can think about what if just use this as a practice for you to just be able to speak up more, to use your voice more, to share your thoughts, but also stand behind your thoughts and the things that you share about. 
this is like a practice for your business, but also I also really see it as a practice just for life and just for learning to take up more space and learning to use your voice and know that you have a presence here, whatever it is in your community or in the online world. That's such a great point. I think that reminds me also to follow up on what you just said, that reminds me of how even up until university, up until I finished university, I was, I would not identify as a confident public speaker. Even for all the class presentations, I felt so much anxiety before every presentation. And even after the presentation, I would be like slightly shaking because I'm like super nervous. But I think the over time, because I was using social media and the internet to share my thoughts. And as you said, practice using your voice. It's been like years and years at this point since I graduated. But I ha- I would say like now I'm a much more co- a much more confident public speaker. But I think the point the reason why this is important for me personally is not because like I'm now a better public speaker, but it's because I just feel I think to your point it's like you own your voice more. Like I feel like for example, at my own wedding a year and a half ago, I didn't know I was supposed to write a speech or something. Like, I literally, I just didn't know I was supposed to write a speech. And then like my husband, apparently he was writing, he was typing it on his phone on the car ride to the wedding. And I didn't know he was doing that. So like when the time came to give a quick speech to the guests, I was like, I have to make it up on the spot. And so like, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I like hadn't practiced my skill of speaking and using my voice. And and now I think how I view speaking is it's more like an expression instead of impressing people. Because I think that's why public speaking was such a stressful thing for me before, because I viewed it as I have to use this chance to impress people and I have to do certain things to impress people. But now I'm able to view speaking in general as more of a self-expression thing. And I think that does so much for our identities when we're able to express our ideas and our thoughts and our story and our message. Because if we care about something, we want to express it. And I think it's just like a innate, like maybe perhaps it's on the massive hierarchy of needs. I don't know. But I think, yeah, I think for a lot of us, owning your voice is such a powerful skill and tool and also it does something for your identity and for me I wouldn't have been able to whip up a quick speech at my own wedding if it wasn't for me practicing my voice and feeling pretty good about the speech also and not feeling super nervous about have to impress all the guests at the wedding but I was just expressing my thanks towards them I love that it's it's almost like instead of trying to impress people with your voice because almost like maybe that's what creates a lot of stress and a lot of pressure for people of thinking of okay what do I share now what do I talk about instead of trying and trying to impress people what if it's just like what you said just expressing your thoughts and what I like to think about is just having a casual conversation with someone oh I'm just chatting with someone I'm just sharing my thoughts something that's so simple something that's so easy and lighthearted, and doesn't have to have so much pressure and so much burden beside it of behind it of like it has to be right it has to be this way it has to show off a certain way to people who are looking and who are listening yeah I think I'm not sure if you surely might have experienced this but one thing as you were speaking that it reminds me of how I used to be 
very self-conscious about whether it's my appearance or like my speaking voice whenever I was speaking, whether it's public speaking or just like speaking to someone in general, like in a private conversation. But I think another, as if we didn't talk about the benefits of using your voice already, but to add on one more benefit of using your voice is that I think now, not just confidence in my ideas and thoughts, but just confidence in me as a human being, because I realized that I think there's just so much power in using your voice. And I think previously I would be so self-conscious about like, how am I looking? How do I sound? Is my voice like shaking? Cause my voice usually shakes when I speak. So I'm like, can people hear the shaking in my voice? But now I think like it really is an identity transformation. And I think that's so powerful. And I think as podcasters, like myself and yourself, Shirley, I think that I think podcasting has been one way that I've been able to really build up my identity and also voice just in general. So I think it's a very powerful tool, powerful self-concept. And I hope that if back to the original question of how is it helpful or why is it important? I think if any of you listening to this right now and you're like feeling just really magnetized with this idea of owning your voice, you might want to start taking some steps towards it. it might be something that you're curious about and it's worth trying. What are your thoughts on oversharing? Let's say someone has a lot on their mind and they're worried about whether sometimes I share some things and it's too much or like I share a lot and afterwards I experience like this vulnerability hangover of, oh crap, I think I just shared too much. I should have said that. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think for a lot of us, when we first share something and then we like start feeling really like fidgety or a very heightened state because we're like, did we share, did I share too much? I think the first thing we immediately try to do is, I guess, look for some sort of external validation to validate that, like, no, that was okay. For example, like you might be like checking how many likes you got on your post or like how many people viewed your Instagram stories and you keep on like checking your phone over and over again. And it's just a very, a very like, very graspy. I think that's the word here. And I think why this happens is likely something to do with our nervous system. It's just in a very heightened state right now. So I think the first thing is to really just be aware that like your body is literally freaking out. Like your immediate psychological and bodily responses are really just heightened after sharing the post. So I think like often we will try to do something right away. It's like whether we keep on checking something or should I delete it? Should I delete it? Should I delete the post? I think the first thing is just to recognize that you're in a stress response right now and just be aware of that. And then like use different tools perhaps to at least calm the chatter in your mind down first and calm your nervous system down first before assessing the situation. And I think once you're able to feel more calm, I think that's when you can look at it from a more mindset angle and see, did you overshare too much? And there might be some times when you look at it from a more calm state of mind and you're like, maybe I did share some things I didn't want to and it doesn't really make me feel safe to leave it on the internet and if that's the case you can always delete it but at least calm down your nervous system first and then make an assessment but on the other hand if you're like actually no I'm proud of what I posted it's nothing that makes me feel unsafe to leave on the internet it is my honest truth genuinely believe what I just said then I think at that point it's like when you're realizing that when you're starting to build this muscle of sharing things that you care about, it's okay if immediately you don't get the validation that you are hoping for. And I think it's important to also recognize that 
it's important to keep going even when things seem like it's not working or when there's no one responding positively to it. It doesn't mean that things aren't working, but I think right now it is the time to build the muscle of validating yourself first and foremost and validating that your ideas are worth sharing and that they matter. So I think first we need you to prove to yourself that you're committed to sharing your ideas and building this muscle of owning your voice. And this means that when you post something and you're freaking out about, is it too much? Did I overshare? I think it's important to first recognize that. I think one thing that I think a lot about also is that leaders and thought leaders, they go first, hence the word leader, they go first. And I think a lot of thought leaders that we look up to, they go first, even when like People may not immediately jump at their ideas and say, wow, that was so good. That really resonated with me. They still keep showing up because that's how much it matters to them. And that's the muscle that we're building at this current stage. So I think it's important to remember that. And I think finally, one more thing is be proud of what you just shared. Everything that's inside your brain, if you're called to share it, then more likely than not, it's helped you in some way. It's changed your life in some way. So why not be proud of it? And again, like focus on this can potentially help someone. So that's enough. That's enough right now. Share it proudly because it helped you and hence it can likely help someone else. So those are my thoughts on oversharing or feeling like really vulnerable. The vulnerable, the vulnerability feeling that you feel, it's almost like just expect that it's going to be there anyways. <laughs> and it's like a muscle that you continuously to practice. Like in entrepreneurship, you're going to feel afraid many times and there will never be a moment in your life where you're like, okay, I'm arrived. I'm in a place where I'm not feeling vulnerable. I'm not feeling afraid. It's almost like, it's like you're still feeling it, but now you're just more used to it. You're just more comfortable with that feeling. And so whenever you post something and then you feel that, what if that that be a sign that's actually showing that you're doing the right thing? Like you actually share something that's that actually means something to you. Oh, and the other thing I also want to offer is, what if the reason why you feel that vulnerable feeling is because you're, you just share something you just share about something that really matters to you and something that you care about. And so because you care about it, of course you will care if there's feedback to it, if people engage with it so much, right? And it's like what Shara said, be proud about the fact that you shared it and the fact that you feel vulnerable about it, the fact that you feel all these weird, anxious, jittery feeling about it after you shared it. It's just because you, it showed that you share something that's very important and you share something that matters to you. And so how can people get started with practicing becoming a thought leader? Because like mm-hmm. when you think about just sharing your thoughts, like what does that actually look like? Do you have any practical ways of, or like simple steps of how they can, what they can do to get started? Yeah. Okay. I think the first thing I'll say is right now, remember, you don't have to go from like zero to 100 you can go from zero to 10 15 20 first so i think the first question to look like to ask yourself is like what would two percent look like what would two percent of sharing my thought leadership or what would two percent of building my thought leadership look like right now and then stepping stone your way up to what would like 90 percent of me sharing my thought leadership look like. So I think it's important for you to first make a scale for yourself because that can look different for everyone. So first, what would 2% of me 
doing this look like? What 5% look like? What would like 20% look like? And then like little by little, do the thing, actually do the thing at the next level and then share the other thing at the next level and another thing. So I think it's like, so the how this looks like practically is perhaps, okay, the 2% me would share this concept. It would, I would reshare a piece of knowledge from someone else or maybe like at 10%, I would share my professional journey story. And then at 50%, I was sharing more like my origin story of why I do what I do. And at 100%, I just don't give a crap anymore. I just share whatever I want. That might be a potential, like I hope that paints a picture of how this could look like, what this could look like for some wanting to share their, to build their thought leadership. And I think one more practical insight I can offer here is that remember that your story and story might seem like a really vague word right now. But right now, remember that your story, your lived experiences, your opinions, your perspectives, basically all the things that make up who you are, they are worth sharing. And for me, how I really came to really believe this thought is that I quit law school like six, seven years ago, six years, I think. And even to this day, like next week, I have a speaking event in person here in Singapore where they want me to speak specifically on quitting law school. It's been six years and they still want me to talk about that story. So I think that shows me that our story, even if it's been years at this point, if it's shaped you into who you are and if it's led you to do the work that you do today, it is likely very relevant and very helpful to someone else. So I think that, I hope that perspective can be helpful to the listener right now who feels like, oh, but my story is, I don't think it's worth sharing. And I think also you don't have to quit law school or do anything drastic per se to have a story worth sharing. But I think it's really the values embedded in your story, the thought processes behind your decisions. I think that matters more because I could have just said, I quit law school. And people will be like, oh, why is that? Why is that important? Oh, you quit law school. But it's because I shared about my thought process, why I quit law school and the lessons that I learned from quitting law school. It's because I went in depth into this, this story. I think that's why it's built up so much traction in my own personal brand and business right now. So I hope that might be some helpful nuggets for your audience to think about. There could be people who are going through the exact same things that Cheryl just went through. They could be thinking about wanting to quit their job. And what Cheryl just shared is like a perfect story and a perfect thought process that can really help and guide them through. Even though it might not be, you might feel like it's not that important to you, but there just might be one person out there that really needs to hear that. And another practical advice I just thought of right now as well is to Start with spaces that you feel comfortable with to share your voice first and then slowly build off from there. If sharing on your Facebook, if sharing on your Facebook profile with 2,000 of your friends, if that feels scary with for you, maybe start off with sharing your thoughts and practicing that in a group chat with some of your closer friends and just practicing processing your ideas and practicing sharing your ideas that way. And maybe when you feel more comfortable with that, then share that with your Instagram following. Maybe your Instagram following has less people. I don't know. But find um, spaces where you felt comfortable with first and then slowly increase your capacity to become more and more comfortable 
you don't have to jump straight 100% into that big scary place that you want to share. It's okay. You can take it slowly and progress. And like when you see progress in how you feel and when you see progress, like, hey, I share my voice here. I didn't die. I'm great. <laughs> right. Then you can slowly, okay, let me up it a little bit next time, up it a little bit next time. Right? This is how you build your confidence instead of jumping straight into the fire and then get super burned out by it. <laughs> Oh, I love that, that that perspective you just offered because, for example, for me, my podcast, I started it about two and a half years ago, but it wasn't, and I was only doing audio for my podcast, like, like Apple iTunes, Spotify audio versions only up until episode 87, when I finally felt like I had the skill, like the muscles to do video as well. So it, it took 87 episodes before I even added on the video component. So I also see... And I've been doing short form video on Instagram for a while pre prior to that. But I think I will also say that like speaking is also there's certain skills, like like even the physical act of using your facial muscles or like practicing. If you're someone who speaks with hand gestures, I think like even these physical elements are like skills before you really find, oh, I am someone who uses my hands a lot, or I'm someone who actually doesn't use my hands a lot. I think also like it takes some time to really find your speaking style. And I think like remembering, again, you don't have to go from zero to a hundred, give yourself the time and space to figure out what is my speaking style and layer by layer, like stack on the skills also. Yeah. So I love what you just shared. Yeah. Maybe start off with sharing with words and maybe you feel more comfortable maybe post a picture of you maybe when you feel more comfortable then do a video and then you feel even more comfortable then do a live there's different stages that you can practice working up towards and right now it's like what Shira said think about that two percent practicing my thought leadership and practicing voicing my thoughts what does that look like for you right now and just start there okay is there anything else that you would like to say to the audience Cheryl I would say that it's not too late to start building your body of work and sharing your ideas online and start practicing the skill of owning your voice and using your voice. Honestly, at the time of airing this episode, it's 2023 and the internet has been around for, I don't even know, two decades at this point, I think. I forgot. But I think uh, one more thing that I think people might be a little bit concerned about is like the internet has so much voices already. Is it even worth trying? But again, for those of you who are listening and you feel drawn towards this conversation, there's likely a reason why you're drawn to this conversation. So at least give yourself the permission to give yourself like at least a year to practice this skill because you still got a lot of years left on this earth. So like, why not? Why not? Like you got nothing to lose at this point. So if I were to just add on this final message, it would be, you really got nothing to lose at this point, but to give yourself the chance to not only become known for something perhaps, or like really build a personal brand, use your voice for whatever other online endeavors or in-person endeavors that you might have, but really give yourself the permission to be that person that you want to be. Because again, if you are really called to doing this, it's in you, it's already in you. So give yourself the permission to go after what it is that you want. There's a reason why that vision and that idea is exists within you. It doesn't exist in other people's minds. There's a reason why it's there. And why not? Why not do it? 
Exactly. Yes. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for coming on. And Cheryl, she has a podcast as well. You can go check it out. It's called the Side Hustle Podcast. And is there anything else that you want to share of where the listeners, they can check you out and follow you further? You can find me most actively on Instagram at Cheryl Theory. Theory is not my last name, but (laughs) Theory is my Instagram name. Cheryl Theory. You can also find me on my website at CherylTheory.com and my podcast as well as Shirley mentioned. All right. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Shirley, for having me. This was super fun. If you enjoyed that episode just now, I would love to invite you into the Daring Living one-on-one coaching room. This is a very safe, very open and non-judgmental space where you get to play, learn, laugh, grow, cry sometimes, <laughs> heal, achieve milestones in your work, in your business, in your relationships, all along the way as you create the kind of life that feels successful and thriving to you. Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram at Daring Living to book a discovery call with me, or you can visit my page at daringliving.com forward slash coaching. Again, on Instagram, that is Daring Living, one word, or you can visit the page at daringliving.com forward slash coaching. It's going to be so much fun. Talk to you later. Bye.